Welcome back to the Witty Banter Show, episode number 169, boys. Oh, right. oh fuck. So you already know it's going to be a pretty crazy one. All right. I am your host here, Max Scott. With me, two guys who, despite however many times I forget to text back, still are my friends. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Uh, I often don't text people back as well, so... And then no, we feel each other. No, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I call myself the perpetual last message in any group chat. So that's he, my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always <laughs> sends something back in. Of course, these are the voices of Mr. Hunter Dorsett and Chase Williams joining us here today for another episode of Witty Banter. It's going to be a good one today, guys. Obviously, we you know are on a high from the last episode. We're sticking to the theme that you might be seeing here. But before we get into that... Let's go ahead and talk about what we may be slurping today. So, Hunter, what are we drinking over here? What are you slurping? Yeah. What are you gurgling? What are you slurping over here? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, today, we are rocking from Against the Grain Brewery out of Louisville, Kentucky. The 35K Milk Stout. On the back, I don't really understand the paragraph, but I'm going to read it anyway. Do it. We're putting in a swimming pool. And if there's enough left over, we're going to fly you all down here to help us dedicate it. This I know is, exactly what this is a reference to. <laughs> this is not your typical Jelly of the Month Club milk stout. This I'm stout, hard, dude. This is awesome. <laughs> this stout is silky, smooth, and sweet, and it's worth the 35000 but you can have only a little because the rest is ours. All it's right. 7% alcohol by volume. Explain this to us posers. This is a movie reference. Cool. This is a Christmas movie. Is it? It's a comedy. Is it um, Christmas Vacation? Or yeah, Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Okay. Ah, nice. Man. I didn't know. Man, that would be another good bracket to do. It's like best Christmas best movies. Best Christmas movie? Best Christmas movies. Strong. Ooh, that'd be a bloodbath. Oh, boy. I already absolutely. know who'd win my bracket, but. Well, <laughs> it's a team effort here. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Uh, but the beer's looking pretty good when I poured it up here. It had a very like it looks like a like a nitro cold brew, that sort of like density. It's very dark. Very dark, sure. but like pours nice and not as viscous. Vis- viscous? 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 Oh, yeah. viscous as you might anticipate it to be, but it's looking to be pretty good. It says on the can to drink it at forty eight degrees from the can. But we poured well, it in the glasses, luck, so man. we already <laughs> fucked up. So let's see if we can recover here. But Chase, what are you drinking over there? So I've got the Ardbeg, and I can't really, I don't know how to pronounce this next part, but I'm going to guess it is Ugadel. That sounds right and to me. This is a single malt scotch whiskey that is known for being basically on the farthest end of the harsh scale. So hmm. incredibly peated, incredibly smoky. I Basically, the past three whiskeys I've had are all very sweet, light, and I've said have been really good entry-level whiskeys, and so I wanted to return to this one and sort of like a you know uh maybe this is like an optional boss towards the late game on the new game plus run Mm -hmm. that i wanted to size up again yeah yeah, and see (laughs) what it was bringing because i think this one's going to be really brutal and i think Um, this one drops fucking awesome loot too so that's going to be great yeah this one gives you a a particular boss soul that gets turned into one of the best weapons of the game sweet but yeah so you're, you're yeah, coming we'll back into this one as a as a now a whiskey connoisseur or a scotch connoisseur now. Mm-hmm. So you have a whole new perspective. So I'm excited to see how that one turns out. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. Right. Well, 
we don't only just drink and slurp on the show. We also discuss some stuff, too. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into it. This is Witty Banter. Bing, bing, bong, 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 bong. All right, so we've talked about this a little bit before, Hunter, and now Chase also sent it into the group chat, so he's also involved, too. But we're all kind of looking forward to a new movie coming up that's going to be starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's going to be the Joker's biopic, right? So the first couple of uh, screen, not screenshots, but pictures of a now a little bit more gaunt-looking Joaquin Phoenix, at least he from his last old, two man. movies. Yeah, he looks a little bit older, a little bit more slender. Hair is kind of falling a little bit more freely. Mm-hmm. And uh, But with the picture, it also had the word Arthur in there as well, hinting at the idea that this will be not just like a Joker biopic, but like actually like fleshing out his backstory. Like and he'll maybe be just a discussing, person. Yeah. Discussing who he actually was, right? So that's kind of an interesting take, given the fact that, generally speaking, in the world of Joker writing, that's kind of taboo yeah. to be like, this yeah. is where he came from. I thought that it was like that would ruin almost the mystique of the character, right? Well, that's what I wanted to discuss with you guys, right? So let's think back to who the Joker is, all right? Normally speaking, nobody really knows. But in the Jack Nicholson movie uh, mm-hmm. of like the 80s, Right. They yeah. did the same thing. Right. They gave him a name. He was Jack Napier. He was a he was like a dude. I believe he was already a gangster guy. Fell into some toxic waste. It hideously disfigured his face to make it look like he had a creepy smile all the time. So yeah. he painted his face and became the Joker. Yeah. Right. Uh, but all the hipsters out there are like, oh, man, Jack Nicholson's Joker was like the best Joker. He's Ledger sucks. You said he was cool. right? That's, that's why I think he sucks. So. I hate that stance. Really? <laughs> I hate that stance. Really? Like nothing against Jack Nicholson. Like Jack Nicholson did a great job. Yeah, but absolutely. Just to be like, oh, it's so much better than Heath Ledger. Like, fuck Heath yes. Ledger. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some would say it's preposterous, for sure. But this one seems to be maybe taking the same approach. Of course, this is all speculation, because I'm telling you this just from reading a picture that says the word <laughs> Arthur underneath it, and maybe it's something completely different. Yeah. But I also read somewhere in the article, I don't know how confirmed it was, but it was maybe planning on telling a story where he was like a guy named Arthur who was a stand-up comedian, and then was also... Goes down this road of being the That's Joker. That's what they said, right? Is it okay to maybe give the Joker these fleshed out backstories so long as they don't try to become canon, and then we can still kind of have our cake and eat it too, where you never know where the Joker is from, right. or is it like can you do that, or is it that like no, the Joker character always needs the conceit that you don't know who the Joker is or where he came from, and that's kind of what makes him cool, you know? I mean, I think that's what makes him very cool. I, I think that's the one of the cooler aspects about him right. as a villain is that like he continually changes his backstory so that you never really know. And I know that like after Heath Ledger's Joker came out, I got really interested in like looking up the Joker, and then I was like, oh wait, so like there is no sort of definitive yeah. place. You would, know? and yeah. that was kind of cool. And I was like, even in the Dark Knight, where he would like discuss like two different ways of how he got the scars on his face, right? Yeah. That's also pretty, like, that's in the comics as well. He'll, like, randomly discuss moments of his childhood that do not sync up with each other, Yeah. right? So it might be a cool approach in this one. Like, I figured, you know, we, we don't know exactly everything yet, and there could be a lot of different liberties that they take, but it would also be, like, a cool approach if maybe it was, like, 
it started off with him being the Joker and maybe he's discussing his backstory with somebody there and maybe mm-hmm. it does flashbacks and shows a backstory. Yeah. But it's still left at the very end of it as being like, he's still a crazy guy. He might have just been lying to you the whole time. Yeah. Well, what if we get like multiple conflicting flashbacks, you know, and like that would also be that way. That would also be a really cool That's, approach to it. Yeah. As well. And I'm kind of wondering if you could have like him being like slightly like schizophrenic or like beautiful mind kind of shit where, you know, you like look back and then you're like, oh, wait. So he thinks it's real, but it's not really. Right. So the movie is pitched as a Joker biopic. Like he's the main character and he is the whole entire arc. That's what's kind of happening. I don't know if the words biopic was ever used. I kind of just threw that out there. But it is a movie centered around the Joker and nobody else as like a protagonist or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was like four extra images that came out over the weekend where from him on set. And uh, it's like when they're shooting and even just the images alone, uh, like he's interacting with like a guy dressed up as a clown, right. which is like a really interesting little like image there. Uh, but he, he already looks off like he looks like a strange dude, you know, and like <laughs> I know we mentioned this when the news first came out. But, dude, the fact that Joaquin Phoenix is doing the Joker, an actor who like is pro- like is one of my most respected actors. It's really exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it has a lot of potential. And I think that for him to take on a role like this, he would have had to read a script or something and be fairly like involved in the idea. And I think that somebody of his caliber would want to be a part of something that's probably more special than say the suicide squad. Yeah, I mean like I really don't see Joaquin Phoenix like at this point in his career being like, "Oh, I'm over the hill. Time to do like a superhero movie." You know, like I think he would only do it if it, if he really thinks he can Put some Sometimes it happens by accident. And that was 20 <laughs> movies ago for Johnny Depp. And now yeah. he is terrible. So, Dude, I was reading about you know that. You know that guy spends day. like $30,000 a month on wine? On wine. Yeah. Hey, I, I have figured heard something you'd be right that. up that alley, Chase. I thought that was like your dream life. Fucking absurd. <laughs> no one needs that much wine. Well, maybe it's just like two really nice bottles. Do you think that we'll see any... Uh, do you think that there will be any illusion at all to Batman? Yeah, I think that they'll make him some sort of like dark figure, and I think that would be a cool idea if they like went with that. I kind of, I kind of like that aspect about Heath Ledger's, where it's like it seemed like Heath Ledger's character was born out of the necessity due to what Batman was doing. Like Batman so, was yeah. cleaning up the streets, therefore the Joker. Appeared. That is a theme for the Joker, yeah. right? And like the whole thing, the entire conceit of Joker's plan was to get Batman to out Batman, yeah. right? To get him out, yeah. And that was cool, right. you know. There was a um, there was a comic book that I read a long time ago, one of my favorite, called Joker by a writer named Brian Azzarello, who did 100 Bullets, which is one of my like favorite comics of all time. And that perspective was from a henchman for the Joker, <laughs> so it like showed a distilted perspective of like hanging out with the Joker, and it also portrayed Batman as being like literally like a horrifying like figure <laughs> yeah. of the night, like yeah. actually not as a person, like a yeah. shadowy thing that took you into the darkness and like <laughs> beat the shit out of you. <laughs> So that'd be cool if maybe that they took some approach like that, right? Yeah. Instead of, you know, just Ben Affleck showing up somewhere. (laughs) Hey, 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 knock it off. (laughs) Looks Um, like you're trying to do bench press. I can spot you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But not only is that movie coming out, of course, there's a really cool Spider-Man game coming out and also Venom, right? Mm -hmm. The Tom Hardy movie, which is going to be. I was going to ask, I mean, does any, are y'all even having any interest in the Venom movie? Uh, Dude, when you say Tom Hardy and Venom, who is one yeah. of my favorite um, villains ever? Right. I am so there. Yeah. And then I watch the trailer and I'm like, wow, this looks fucking bad. This looks awful. Terrible. Nothing about it yeah. really made me want to watch it. 
there's, I don't know how to say it, like how else to put it, but yeah, it's like not like anything in particular that I'm like that's so stupid, but everything about it just screams like mediocre and generic to me. I mean, and, like I don't want to complain because this is a double-edged sword where like I don't want to complain that they didn't put any of the coolest parts of the movie in the trailer, but like, did they put any of the cool parts? Hopefully in they the didn't. Maybe they're like, they have cool parts. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they're just saving all the cool parts to see it. Cause I'm sure at one point I will eventually see that film. It's possible. But, yeah. Right. But it got me thinking guys, there's a lot of cool villains out there. And I think two superheroes who have some of the coolest villains would be Batman, of course, mm -hmm. and Spider-Man. I think both of them have two of the most respected rogues galleries, probably on each side. I think, personally, those two just seem to have like villains for themselves. Everybody else feels like they have maybe one or two counterparts to yeah. them specifically, and maybe a villain that goes against a group of them. Yeah. But those guys feel like they have really strong personal connections with these guys. Yeah, there. like people like single them out. And are like, yeah, this you, villain dude. does yeah treachery like right outside Spider-Man's hood. You know, yeah. like he's looking for Spider-Man to come try to mess him up, right? So it got me thinking. I decided that today we're gonna do another bracket throwdown. Okay, I'm not I'm really excited. sure what we're calling this yet. I, 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 I sh I'm, I'm gonna ask on air, guys. Let's do it. Should we call it like banner brackets, bracketology? Hmm. Ban banter brackets sounds pretty good. Banter brackets sounds pretty good. Banter. Alrighty, here guys. So we're gonna go down the list. It's gonna be eight on each side. It's so a little bit smaller than the last one. You know, obviously the last one was pretty full, <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna go ahead. and condense this one down a little bit. Mm -hmm. but I'm just gonna go ahead and get us started. First off, before we go, hold on, yeah, Max. I wanted. Did you want to take time real quick to to mention the listeners who sent in their brackets from last week? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that now. Then let's go ahead because we went at it. And we release the brackets ahead of time so that people maybe fill them out mm -hmm. and compare them to ours, the, the right one. Yeah. So let's go ahead and see what everybody else, you know, sent in as a joke. Yeah. So we didn't get like, not everybody sent in full ones or like their winter, their winners as much as they like commented. And like, first of all, a lot of people are like, dude, how can you put regular show and adventure time against each other like that? Right. And. You know, we all felt that pain, but I do think it was a necessary evil. Right. Um, <laughs> we got a we got a fan purpose. named David David Ochart who wanted to see SpongeBob versus Samurai Jack. So he mm. had SpongeBob just like us, but he put Samurai Jack in the end, whereas we just off that right away. So. We killed him off pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was a little we, upset we, about we that. We took Scooby Doo over Samurai Jack. Did we? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I voted for Samurai you Jack did, though. I did, feel for this guy. Yeah. Also, oh, we had a bunch of comments that were like, "Dude." No one remembers Sheep in the Big City. So that was a pretty, like, I feel like we earned some street cred, Max, because you got that on there. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, nice. guys. Oh, yeah. we got Sheep powered cred. Reagan. I yeah. thought people yeah. were talking shit. Yeah, nobody likes <laughs> Dude, that show. Why is that in the bracket? Yeah. <laughs> and oh, then uh, quite a few people wanted Ed, Ed and Eddie to go all the way, which, you know, oh, we had boy. that one moving quite a bit as well. We'll and we also had a lot of people saying that Dexter's Lab should have won. The Cartoon Network side. Yeah, that was a strong contender. I feel like we just all happened to not have a personal affinity towards Dexter's I Lab. I said it at the beginning. It was Dexter's Lab versus Ed, Ed and Eddie, and I, I think personally you I would have gone, gone for Dexter's Lab. Lab. Yeah. We, that was definitely a team kill pretty early on. That yeah. was a strong, that was a hard matchup, all right? Yeah, because it's yeah. a two-for-one show. Yeah, you know? man. It is a two-for-one show. And they have a show. guitar uh, superhero. That guy was great. That guy was I awesome. wish I remembered his name <laughs> off the top of my head, but. It's pretty rowdy. All I remember was Crunk. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, we also, one of our fans, um, Christian Puente, a.k.a. Pixel Brave, put Hey Arnold at the top of his Nickelodeon bracket. So it was good to see 
kind of Hey Arnold get the due that we knew it kind of deserved. We just yeah. didn't carry it ourselves. But that was kind of the general feel that most people were feeling. Well, that's the beauty of the brackets is that you can fill them out in any way that you want. And I remember us talking about like Hey Arnold being fairly an, a fairly important show. It we was, wanted to give it its great, you know, it's great flag bearing. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I, Doodle Bob, that's hilarious. He erases sorry. his butt crack. So yeah. obviously it's going to get that. pretty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me if there's a gag better than that and yeah. I will rescind. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try and do the same thing this week where we send out a picture of the bracket before you all yeah. get to listen to it. You all can fill it out and let us know because we freaking love hearing what you guys think about it. It's awesome. We also love filling out brackets, I yeah. feel like, as a team. So that's going to be pretty great. Uh, but yeah, but like I was saying before, this one is against the two rogues galleries of Batman versus Spider-Man to see who has the best villain overall. Who's right? on the left and who's on the right? You got your left hand side is going to be Batman. Okay. okay. We're going to be going down that route first. Now, before we get into it, some honorable mentions that aren't going to be on this list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really sorry about it. But uh, <laughs> Harley Quinn is not on this list. Okay. Right. I think that a lot of people are going to be butthurt about. I that. know a lot of girls that dressed up as Harley Quinn for Halloween. He's a great character, all right? Yeah. Harley Quinn came in in the animated series yep. and then fell into all of our hearts. So, yeah. great character. Uh, I don't think anybody's really going to be missing Killer Croc, but he's not on the list. <laughs> Killer Croc. So it's okay with me. I think we're all going to be all right <laughs> with that. Uh, this one was a debatable one to put on the list, but he ended up not making it. The Penguin's not on the list. What? See, the thing about not putting the penguin is we don't get to talk about Danny DeVito. Mm -hmm. and so now's your shot. Painful. The penguin? So. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. The other ones better be some, some home <laughs> runners. Better be some killer. Some Man bat is yeah. on here. No, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Human squirrel. Uh, and then the last one is uh, Clayface, who I always liked as a character. He was pretty cool. But he was just like mm. the big mud man. But okay, also yeah. one that people tended to know. Didn't really make the cut, unfortunately. But okay, there's kind of like a similar superhero or villain. Was Clayface Batman? Yeah, he's Batman. Okay, because there's Batman. like a Sandman for for Spider-Man as well. Right, know, right. Okay. All right, but let's go to the people who did make the Batman side and start going down this list here. Do right? it. The first matchup here, and you'll notice that I keep themes together. So the guy that hated the regular show versus Adventure Time thing will probably be squirming. <laughs> This entire yeah, episode. Squirming in his pants. Because what do you guys like better? You guys like to hear a good joke? You guys like to hear a good riddle? Oh, God. Because they seem to be the same kind of thing here. But the Joker and the Riddler are going to be your first matchup here. Now, let's think about this here before we jump the gun. Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey was the Riddler. Yeah. Ooh, That's awesome. Loved. Dude, a great. Yes. Great performance as the Riddler. All right. One of my favorite Jim Carrey roles. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, um, I mean, I'm. I'm obvi obviously sort of like I've already sort of said on the podcast that like the Joker is one of if not my favorite villains. Right. So I'm obviously sort of leaning towards the Joker because of all the intrigue and because of all the mm -hmm. mystery with this background. That being said, like I think the Riddler is cool for sure, and I definitely love Jim Carrey's performance of it. Right. I think I would just have to be convinced to put my put my vote for a Riddler. Yeah. He did a great job as the Riddler, but there's been multiple amazing performances of the Joker, right? Yeah, as well as true. multiple different stories of the Joker, too, as well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to beat it. It's an unfortunate matchup, but the Riddler had to go somewhere. Yeah, and like at the same time, when I think about how the Joker looks from a costume angle, I feel like there's so many different takes you can do with how you design the Joker. But with the Riddler, with like his basic setup of being a man in a suit with a bunch of question marks on it, <laughs> I feel like you have to really stretch to make that at least grounded if you're going to go for that grounded aspect right. of it. Um, but I don't know as much about the Riddler and his relationship to Batman. I think he very much is, is manipulating Batman through 
um, through his riddles, and they don't like ever come like face to face, right? Until yeah. maybe like the finale, which is is pretty cool, you know. Um, it was a neat, neat character design. Yeah. I mean, my entire backing of <laughs> knowing about these uh, villains and their interactions with the superhero is based on the movies and not the comics. So, what about the cartoon shows, though? See, I, I didn't even watch much of the Whoa. cartoons. That's okay. We've got little pieces for it's everybody. Okay. Different okay. perspectives, right? All right, all right. But yeah, I do think they. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to all take the consensus that the Joker will be beating out the Riddler on this fair one, enough, right? Fair yeah, because because the Dark Knight is one of the highest grossing films of all time and arguably one of the best superhero f- films ever right. made and then you come you compound that with the fact that that film's villain was the Joker and then it also happened to be Heath Ledger's Joker right. there's just there's just so much momentum there yep absolutely uh, speaking of momentum I would hate to see the force that Bane hit you with when he was running through a door into you or something all right the next one's gonna be Bane versus two-face. Mm. Now we've got two different sides here, right? Bane. I like this matchup. He is a he's a strong villain, literally, yeah. right? When he broke the bat's back. That's pretty crazy, all right? <laughs> That's a crazy. He's he's a strong, forceful villain. Now Toothface or Toothface, Toothface is going to be more of like a figurehead, you know? He's a mob boss. He's like an icon, right? He's yeah. an icon. He's a leader, right? Yeah. He gets things going in the city. He's starting up like disturbances all around the city by just being a name, by making a phone call, mm-hmm. right? He's also got a gun and he flips a coin, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I. So if if we were going off of uh, sort of everything up until Christopher Nolan's takes on all these, I would have said Two Face. Really, but even though the because third Bane's just like a lackey, right? In in the other stuff, yeah. In the other stuff, he's just a big fucking oaf. They make him a little bit he's of an oaf in the uh, yeah. in Batman and Robin. He's not yeah. necessarily, which is fine. Like he served cool. his role in that movie. Cool. He's seems fine. He was just like uh, Poison Ivy's like henchman guy. Yeah, but actually, the fact like the story that Christopher Nolan gave Bane for me was a lot more. Fulfilling than like I didn't really even know why Two Face really. I thought the Two Face stuff wasn't my favorite part of the Dark Knight, and I I I, I like that they kind of weaved it in there, right. but it was like he it was like he was Two Face for like a day, and then he died. They <laughs> almost like, yeah, they okay. almost that was cool. That was cool because he quite literally has a one hundred and eighty degree flip where he becomes what he hates, and he has that. Two face side of him that is, of course, like shown actually in his face. I thought, because to me, it was like they snuck in like a third arc that I didn't even expect when I was right. watching The Dark Knight. You mm-hmm. know, like when Two Face makes his appearance as Two Face, you're like, holy fuck, they just put a new villain in this, and I wasn't even ready for that. Yeah. You know, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that, uh, yeah, Tooth <laughs> Toothface. Two Face <laughs> is. <laughs> Two Face <laughs> is like more of an iconic villain, and he represents something, right? Like he was the mayor of the city at one point, which is pretty crazy. And then he flips to the other side, mm-hmm. and he has like the two faces represent the two sides of his personality that come with that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's definitely conflicted as a hero, which is always cool, right? To add, yeah. and he's also just got so much of a, a moniker about him, like he's you know the half suit. If you're going way back to like maybe some 90s cartoons and portrayals, he's got a half suit, which is really cool. He's got the the double-sided coin that he flips to decide your fate, which is also really cool. He has a little bit more style about him. Bane, obviously very cool. I think it was definitely a new awesome approach in the new movies, right? Taking away the little the pumps. He didn't even have those in him, which is something that I think is fairly iconic to him up until that point. right? He was just jacked as hell. Yeah, so he was just a huge jacked guy. 
but I think my personal take is that I have to go with Two Face or Two Face because I actually personally think that that villain is awesome. <laughs> the Two Face one is three for three. awesome, and that he's uh, he's just more iconic to Batman. I think that Bane is really cool. I think that it was an awesome new portrayal of him. But at the end of the day, he seems to be very. He just to me feels like he was like beaten always in the same ways back in the day. Like he always yeah. just cut the the cord right. Yeah. And the only really unique perspective that I got of Bane was in the new movie, and I don't think that was enough to. Yeah, but it. but I do want to say like it was cool in the movie that Bane was sort of like the intellectual match to Bruce Wayne in particular. Yeah. Right. You know, and like how he was so kind of cold and calculated, and he was driving that nuclear bomb around at all points in time, so you never knew where it was. And he had this very, like, Occupy Wall Street type of uh, painting on him. Right. Which was, came out, like, right around the same time, which was very interesting fitting. that those, yeah, that those lined up. Um, and I do love the scene when he's just straight up brawling with Batman amidst this chaos of riot on the steps of Wall Street or whatever. I think that was very cool. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm split. I kind of want to hear Hunter, like, do a tie break. Uh-oh. So, my, my... My take is that overall, as a character, Two Face is more interesting, probably in all iterations. I think in Christopher Nolan's character, which for me is most prevalent, I like Bane a little bit more than I like Two Face. But, I mean, if we're thinking about a villain on the whole, I think we should think about all the other interpretations as well. Right. And yeah. uh, I, is it like Harvey Lee, the dude that did it in Harvey uh, Dent? In Harvey Dent. Oh. No, no, no. The guy who played Two-Face with the Riddler. You remember? Oh, uh, he had, like, you're talking about like, Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I knew well, there was a Shout Lee out to Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. That I, was a great I mean, I kind of liked his that was interpretation. Awesome, it was because, right? I mean, that whole uh, movie and that, like, arc or whatever was super goofy and over the top and, like... Directed by Tim Burton, I believe. No, no, no. <laughs> those were earlier ones, but, but still. Um, but yeah, kept so that same feel. I, I guess just there is a little more depth to at least the sort of, I think, canonical different interpretations of Two-Face. I think, yeah, I basically already said, I mean, Bane, I think, is more interesting in the most recent interpretation, but I think that's mostly just because I fucking love Christopher Nolan. So I'm going to say Two-Face just for solidarity across the board. Okay, cool. Sure. Sounds like we're going with Two-Face, guys. Okay. Not going to lie to you. I thought you guys were going to go Bane, but that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I can say Two-Face over Two-Face, <laughs> over two-face. <laughs> for the rest of the yeah. thing. I just want to uh, hear you say Two-Face. I know. I feel like we're just going to keep him in. I feel like he beats the Joker. No. Uh, so this next one, a couple of femme fatales here for us. All right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You got the classic. You got Catwoman. Okay. Of course, arch rival. Sometimes a buddy, but then back to being an arch rival again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on the good side of crime. Sometimes on the bad side of crime. Yeah. Right. You never really know. Plus, also, like, a weird romantic relationship going on with yeah, her and Batman. Yeah. That's also another thing to consider. Yeah. Uh, but Poison Ivy is also a fairly iconic character here. Right? Yeah. She fights for the name of plants. She's got the righteous morale on her side. She's trying to just protect the world and the ecosystem. And this bat dude <laughs> is coming up <laughs> and trying to apparently just destroy the jerk. ecosystem. Right? <laughs> And all she wants to do is just save all the plants here. Again, a little bit more of like the sexy femme fatale style. Maybe mm-hmm. a weird little romantic are, thing yeah. there, but might be a little bit more personal with Catwoman. But yeah, what are you? What are you guys' first take on this? My first take is that, for me, I mean, Poison Ivy is more of a true actual villain. Right. 
I like the idea that she's a true villain with sort of like a noble purpose, yeah. right? And with Catwoman, I was always confused about whether or not she was a hero or a villain because she has her own movies right. and then like she kind of is like helping Batman, but then kind of like fucking with Batman. Right. Like I think Catwoman is probably like if it's just like off a, off a thing of like who I think is hotter or something, probably Catwoman. But I mean, I just think that. I, I think it's just I the think overall. Poison Ivy's the sexier one, man. Really? Yeah, that's, you mean yeah. like? Oh yeah. You mean like Uma Thurman's or just in general? Just in general. The okay. idea, right? But okay. I didn't even re- I didn't even remember that Uma Thurman played Poison Ivy. That's fucking sweet, dude. Yeah, I love dude. Uma Thurman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Poison Ivy's is just a little bit more well-rounded for me. I think Catwoman is like I still don't really understand how she became Catwoman. Like even when I look, like when you look at the old like '80s film of Catwoman, like. You basically just have like a bunch of cats that like tear the fuck up, and then mm-hmm. she like becomes Catwoman or whatever. And I'm like, I don't understand how that works. Yeah, well, so. it was the '80s, man. It was pretty crazy. I don't know. I'm willing to hear y'all's y'all's takes though. For sure. What about you, Chase? How you Mine's feeling? pretty like I have a, a pretty shallow like uh, like a way to look at it. For me, I think Catwoman is actually pretty badass and in injustice. Yeah, and I think we should think about the injustice games Some, yeah, as sources for coolness. Yeah, absolutely. She's I, got like a whip, which is pretty neat. She's pretty top tier <laughs> in that game, so that's also strong. But I do think Poison Ivy, if you're if we're going with like a femme fatale kind of uh, spunk, I think she's got more of it. And while I think the uh, the complicated relationship between Batman and Catwoman could make it that make it make the case that she's a more interesting character, at the same time. I don't really know how that all plays out in an actual canonical sense, just like Hunter doesn't. And and I also just want to side with the fact that Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. I think <laughs> yeah. Uma Thurman's probably the coolest actress uh, to be a Batman villain out of almost all of the others at this point. You know, <laughs> so Uma Thurman over Michelle Pfeiffer or Halle Berry, who were both yeah, Catholic. Halle Berry, so. yeah. That's rough. All right. But I got to agree with you guys. I think that Poison Ivy is the truer villain. Catwoman may be a more complex character, but we're not doing a complex character bracket here. Yeah. Okay. We're doing a boss ass villain. Yeah. They bracket. got, she's, uh, Poison Ivy's got the little dust that yeah, like, seduces absolutely. you and shit. Like, you, that kisses you, and then it poisons it, you. Yeah. Seems like yeah. a convoluted she's way. She's got a dude like Bane under her thumb. That's how powerful she is. Well, it is true. It's true. All right. So we're going to go with Poison Ivy. All right. This next one's going to be tough, guys. All right. This is, this is probably one of the, one of the tougher ones to do here, at least in my opinion. Right, we've got Scarecrow, a guy oh, okay. who you know, yeah, he's. Well, a, I didn't he's know a, about before Batman Begins. You didn't know about him at all? No. He's very awesome. He was he's very, very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a very cool character, and he's going to be going up against another iconic character who is also very cool, oh. Mister Freeze. <laughs> which is a Man. tough, tough, tough matchup. Now you got a lot of things to consider here. Okay. You got, first off, I think when you look at him at first, you're like, wow, Mr. Freeze is pretty campy, you know? That's Especially like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal that does Which nothing like, but yeah, enforce that idea. It really is right? pretty Yeah, bad. he's like ice skating and dancing and yeah. shit. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You have like hockey player minions and Lots shit. Lots of, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely going through the theme. But remember that underneath all that ridiculous writing of that one movie yeah. is a very cool backstory. Yeah, the backstory's fucking sick, and I actually think lends it Probably to like if Nolan ever returned, Mister Freeze should be one. Yeah, of his absolutely. Because Mister Freeze is one of like the more dense backstories. He's got his wife is cryogenically frozen, mm-hmm. 
they're looking for a cure for her terminal illness. And then while he was like taking care of her, he was a scientist. Mm. The police came in and shut down his lab, thus killing his wife. Yep. Right. Or he would like take the wife and like go off somewhere and try to keep her alive. But that was his big problem. Right. So he's yeah. just trying to keep his wife alive. And he's trying to find a cure for his wife. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Batman? <laughs> First, you destroy the world. All right. You destroy all the plants. <laughs> you destroy the world. And then you're killing this dude's wife. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I don't know really who the villain is. I might just put it on his head. Right. But Scarecrow, again, somebody who I think is so iconic to Batman the character, right? And I think it's like the, one of the only characters that kind of fights Batman's darker style with more darkness, yeah. right? Right. More scariness. You're trying to spook the bat. What are interpretations of Scarecrow? Uh, what, are, what are things to consider of interpretations of Scarecrow outside of the Christopher Nolan one? I think that, one, you have the Batman animated series, where in the first season, he was like this really stupid-looking scarecrow. Like, he looked like a scarecrow. (laughs) And then in the second one, he was this super scary-looking, like, dark, huge, big hat and, like, a cane that he walked around with and spoke with this really, like, distorted undertone accent that was really, really cool. And then you've also got the Injustice 2 scarecrow, which is like this yeah. horrifying monster that you fight as because really he's cool. turning on because he is a scientist, but he yeah. turns the gas on, and that's who you think that you're fighting and who yeah. you feel like you're fighting. Damn. Which is awesome and meta. Yeah, so. that's, really that's cool. such yeah, that's such a cool interpretation. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, this is a tough one, all right. But even just on their names, I think Scarecrow is a sick just name for a villain. Right. And I thought maybe that would be like a good pro to the con of Mr. Freeze, but I also think Mr. Freeze is a pretty badass name too. Mr. Freeze. Even if it is has a like it like wears that camp well, like For sure. yeah, I'm, like Mr. Freeze. It just sounds cool to me too. Yeah, fun fact: he actually debuted as Mr. Zero. So hmm. I don't know if changing over to Mr. Freeze is a better idea or not, but hmm. just throwing that out into the ether, guys. Like, I, yeah, I mean, Nolan Scarecrow is dope. For the sure. guy literally just wears a bag on his head. It's horrifying, um, yeah. which is kind of funny. And <laughs> I, I like the way that they uh, showed the like psychological breakdown of people who are on his gas. In the way that, like, I, I think he gets sprayed with it towards the end or whatever. And the way Batman looks yeah, to him yeah. was fucking rowdy, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I I think that the concept of the villain... Like, one of my favorite things about the Joker in uh, Heath Ledger's was... It was like, I could kind of believe this. Like, I could believe somebody going out and doing all this shit. Like, right. And in the same way, like, I could believe somebody coming across some crazy hallucinogenic fucking drug yeah and then just spraying it and everyone losing their minds and he's like in the middle of it just like soaking it in like that's a villain that i could actually get behind and understand i don't really <laughs> understand like how mr freeze actually is like a sub-zero human guy and like how he has like super fr- frosty powers or whatever um that being said like i used to have like a, a playing card set of uh, batman like each, right. each number would be a different villain or character or whatever. And like Mr. Freeze's character was like fucking cool looking. And I was like, like that was like my favorite villain. I knew nothing about him. So right. it's hard for me to like vote against Mr. Freeze, but I think I have to go Scarecrow, even though I don't know hardly anything about him. Yeah. Chase, you, yeah. you leaning towards I think the scare I, as well? Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's dope that Arnold Schwarzenegger played him <laughs> as a character because I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, uh, 
I don't know. Just through this conversation, I have to side with I have to side with Scarecrow. I have to agree, but I do think that Mr. Freeze is awesome. He is one of my personal favorite villain or favorite villains, uh, just because of his convoluted past. And Woody Banner Nation, send Christopher Nolan all your yeah, emails absolutely. about getting uh, Mr. Freeze. Send him this episode, yeah. and he'll be like, "They have the best pitch." <laughs> that's great. All right, guys, a little bit long-winded, but that was the first side. Yeah. All right. Well, that's you got to get it out of the way on the first brackets, yeah. and then you just we've already discussed stuff, right? Yeah. So. But now we're going to go on over to the Spidey side. My Spidey, spidey senses are tingling, all right? Okay. Because I've got a couple honorable mentions to yeah. throw out there. Now, these mm -hmm. you guys may not know, but I'm still going to throw them out there just in case. Okay. Some people do know. Does the name Rhino mean anything to yeah, you guys? Yeah, I thought he'd make it. Yeah. Yeah. Rhino is not on the but list. I'm okay with that. That's I'm okay. okay. That yeah. Once you see the list, I think you'll understand why. Okay, that's perfect. Does the name Vulture mean anything to you? Wow. I also thought he would make it. Vulture's All not these on animals. The list. <laughs> yeah, you noticed that, right? I don't think there are... No, there's some animals on the okay, list. Right. Yeah, in fact, there's a lot of animals. Don't I worry. I mean, Spider-Man. You know. Yeah, you got to keep it in there. Um, Electro? Uh, yeah. I think whenever I played on the PS2 uh, Spider-Man game that... Electro was one of the dudes. He was he was one of the one of the originals, right? Very powerful, but for some reason pretty stupid or something. <laughs> uh, Mysterio, do you guys know who Mysterio is? Like the the yeah, glass Mysterio's ball cool. in his head. Yeah, he's also really cool. Who, while I was doing this list, found out that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be playing Mysterio in the new Spider-Man movie. What? Which is well, all right, cool. man. Cool, all the, all the actors are flocking. Yeah, yeah apparently. Man. And the last one, does the name Craven the Hunter mean anything to you guys? Not I don't really. know that one. No. I think if you looked him up, you'd recognize him because okay. he's like this dude with like leopard print shorts and like this fucking like huh. wool vest that he wears. And okay. he's like, he's literally is the best hunter in the world that he hunts <laughs> uh, Spider-Man. You recognize him if you see him. But fact is, they didn't make it to the list. I am sorry. But you know who did make it to the list? Bring it on. Kingpin. Kingpin. Kingpin's a big deal. Okay. He's a big guy. Mm -hmm. He's a big deal. All right. Important definition of a mob boss. But... He's going up against a guy with actual superpowers, the Sandman. Oh, yeah. I alluded to him earlier. You did allude to him earlier. I don't know shit about Kingpin. You don't know shit about Kingpin? No. I mean, has he been in any of the Spider-Man movies at all? Us. No, I don't think about live-action Spider-Man. He was like the main antagonist of the Spider-Man cartoon show. Hmm. Right. Because oh. he's like a figurehead, right? He gets everybody together to do dastardly deeds. Okay. Yeah, because Spider-Man is also very much about like watching over the city, and he represents just the crime side of things, where Spider-Man is actually fighting criminals, you know. Right, and he may not be so easily put in jail, you know. Like you got to catch him on tax fraud, or like actually, you know, figure <laughs> him out. So right? he's kind of like the mob boss-ish guy. Right, pulling okay. strings in the background. Then you got Sandman, fairly, you know, a guy who had a rough upbringing. He went to jail, you know, because he got, you know. He was messing around with some people they shouldn't have been messing around with. Went to jail, broke out, accidentally stumbled onto a testing experimental area where the military was testing a nuclear bomb. Got blown up and got turned into a Sandman. <laughs> which, which, which I don't know how. Cool when you just read it yeah. out loud. But <laughs> he was in a, he was one? in one of the movies, right? Yes. Right, and he was super sympathetic in the movie, right? He yeah. eventually. See, and I hated guy. that part about him. I hated really? that he was like this kind of like, oh, every time I see the Sandman, they want me to cry, you know. <laughs> that was <lame>. what? <laughs> oh, that was from your perspective. Dog, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was like somebody in the movie, and I was like, I don't yeah, remember. No, that. I, mean, yeah. I can see the confusion on everybody's there. faces. Yeah. I promise. I to cry. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I, like, I don't even have a foot to stand on, so I guess I just have to say, stand, Sandman. But um, you know, I, 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 if y'all go Kingpin, I will not. 
be hurt my feelings at all. That's good to know because I got to go Kingpin because he's okay. an important character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You right. agree? Kingpin? Perfect. All right, Eddie. KP, carrying it on. All right, this <laughs> next one you guys will definitely know. Unless you've been living under a rock or just haven't seen Spider-Man. Dr. Octopus. Yes. Yep. Classic. All right. One of your favorites. I love Dr. Octopus. He's amazing. I didn't realize how many fucking animals. <laughs> oh, it's pretty much all animals except for like two. So get ready for that. He's going up against one of also my personal favorite childhood villains. I don't know if you guys can remember this guy. The Shocker. Shocker is the one I was thinking. Shocker looked so tight. And I remember being yeah. a kid and being like, that guy's fucking awesome. But he always just got worked yeah. all the time. Because at the end of the day, the Shocker was just like a dude who was in and out of prison and built himself some cool shocking equipment mm -hmm. and started robbing banks <laughs> as a shocker. Yeah. But he looked awesome, dude. Yeah. He looked like he was like a super like Spider-Man guy looking guy, but could like also shoot stuff and blow stuff up. He was awesome. But yeah. that being said, Octopus, fairly iconic. Probably one of the most iconic of Spider-Man's yeah, villains. And I, I almost think just because of that I have to go Doctor Octopus. It's also just cool that like at least in the in the in the live action stuff that like Dr. Octopus was kind of like uh, this dude who interacted with, with uh, Peter Parker um, and like they were kind of, you know, like intellectuals that were working together, I think, I think on some stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, the, the idea of the octopus, uh, the, eight, the eight legs, you know, I, it's hard to overcome that. It's just super it's pretty cool. Plus legacy. like the arms have a mind of their own kind of. So he's like dealing with that yeah. internally. Yeah. 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 Struggling with that. Which yeah. Is pretty he cool. has to like overcome. Right. Yeah. Interesting. What do you say, Chase? Yeah. Easy choice. Octopus. Octopus too. But I had to give my due. We won't belabor it. Because uh, <laughs> the shocker is awesome. <laughs> All right. This next one. It's a symbiote off. All right. You got Venom, the classic. All right, Tom He's Hardy, awesome, really. Yeah, Tom Hardy. <laughs> when I think of Venom, I think of Tom Hardy. All right, but Venom looks a little bit kind of like a pussy when you put him next to Carnage, the next iteration of a symbiote. Yeah. All right. Now Carnage, he was pretty ruthless. He was a serial killer who was currently in jail. Who is Carnage? Like, because because Venom is like the other journalist. Right, that right. like who's disgraced by Spider-Man's yes. like catching the criminals that he said were not the criminals. Who the fuck is Carnage? Carnage is Cletus Cassidy, who is a guy who was doing you know triple life or whatever for being a serial killer, and then the symbiote happened to come to Earth and happened to find him, and obviously because he's so crazy, the form that it took on was this like horrifying, horrifying monster, right? So, like the red, more intense. bloody monster because he had that mental mentality of like mm -hmm. blood on the mind all the time. And he would make things like axes and knives and things that would destroy him. Mm. Fun fact, I didn't realize that Todd McFarlane, the guy who made Spawn, was the creator yeah. of Venom and Carnage. I had no idea. <laughs> That's cool. So I only had a couple comic books growing up as a kid, and one of them was the issue where Spider-Man defeated Venom. And I had Venom toys as a kid that I would play with. Venom is one of my favorite villains just ever. He just looked, in my childhood mind, badass as you would say. And I loved how the end, uh, like the killing blow for him was Spider-Man would just throw him into a, like a church bell because right. of, for some reason, like the symbiote hated like sound waves or something. And he just rings this bell on him and just destroys him. And I thought that was such a brutal, like oh, execution, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. no, absolutely. For whom the bell tolls. 
for him. Uh, it tolls for Venom. Yeah, it tolls for Venom. I think um, I think I got to with Venom as well. I think Venom just kind of looks cooler, and he just I like. I mean, I know a little bit more of the background, um, the crazy ass tongue and shit. I mean, I don't really know how they actually differ from each other in powers very much, but Venom for me is a little bit more iconic. And I like the black, just the mat, the, the plain black. You know, he's the original. You know, he's the classic. Right? Yeah. So I, yeah, I understand. I like a I like a simpler, more concrete villain. Would you like have gone Venom. with Carnage? No, I okay. think that Venom is definitely the cooler villain. But Carnage is still pretty awesome. Okay. I mean, his name is Carnage, so that's sweet. All right, the next <laughs> one here, another classic. Uh, we've got the Green Goblin versus the Lizard. Now, before you're like, who's the Lizard? Does that mean anything to you guys? Very little. Actually, no. it does. It does because there is a live action one. Oh yeah, he is in that one too, right? And he's but pretty fucking rowdy in that one too. He is, and he was a pretty big part. He was like in the intro of the Spider-Man animated series, hmm. so that's why he's like I know him a yeah. lot. He's literally a lizard man in like a lab coat. Yeah, which is hilarious, but also cool. That's real. <laughs> which is like funny and awesome at the same time, right? Maybe so. that was the one because. That was the one I think that actually he uh, he was like working with this doctor. Yeah, he is. They were, yeah, exactly. They were like pre, he was very close to Peter. He yeah. didn't have an arm. That's the whole reason he was researching mm-hmm. all this stuff. Is he was researching like the ability regenerating and arms and like he was researching that. And then he was testing things out on himself and turned into the lizard man by accident and just had to be shut down by the spider. So he's very conflicted, you know. Yeah, a sad hero, if you will. There's definitely a case for for lizard man, but, but I mean, can't Willem Dafoe. Guys. Willem. Defoe, does that mean anything to you? I mean, you can't beat the Green Goblin. Green Goblin, he's his best friend's dad. Like yeah. that's and then his best rough. friend. Don't tell Harry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Green Goblin slash Hobgoblin. We're gonna put him in. It's the same. Okay. Right. Is Harry Hobgoblin? Harry is Hobgoblin. H H for H. H for okay. H. Got you. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, the lizard was actually like a pretty cool part of the live action movie that I did watch. Um. That being said. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be hard for anybody to beat Green Goblin. Yeah, I think it might just be a tough matchup on this one, and I got to yeah. go with you, Green Goblin, on this one for sure. Chase, anything? Oh, you got to go with the Green Goblin. GG. All right, gang. <laughs> that was the first round. Okay. Oh, that was a that was a double on time. That was yeah. that was some witty banner right there. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think of all these last night, and then I'm just now saying yeah. them here. All right, so it's down to eight total. Okay, we're coming down to the very end here. All right, we got the top eight going right now. All right, so first matchup, it's going to be a rough one. The Joker's back, and this time he's going up against Two Face. See, I got to go Joker with this. Kind of got like a SpongeBob situation going on. Yeah, yeah, it almost gets easier now with (laughs) with this matchup. Like Joker and Riddler was tough. I think this one leans Joker. I like the coin. The coin, like the accoutrements of 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 Two Face, are cool. Right. He's got the style for sure. Absolutely. The he Joker's cool. got the substance. Yeah, yeah, he's got the style and the substance. So <laughs> hard to beat. Unfortunate. Much respected Two Face, but he yeah. is unfortunately out, and I will never have to attempt to say his name again for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one, we've got Poison Ivy, sexy femme fatale uh-huh. versus a spooky scarecrow. See, this one's tougher. This is tough. This is a rough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Poison Ivy. You know, like when I was making this list, I was like, "Damn, how far am I going to put Mister Freeze?" <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he's already out, you know. And I'm I was okay with that, and I understood it. 
And I was like, he's going up against Scarecrow, tough bet. But honestly, as I was making this, I really didn't think that Poison Ivy would go very far. But as we're talking about it, she's fucking yeah, cool, she's important. dude. And she's cool. I mean, we fucking love Karama, who also controls yeah, plants. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. A little bit of a femme fatale himself, honestly. She's probably, honestly, the coolest female villain of any show I've ever seen. Definitely one of them. I can't think of another one that I that I like more. Super villain ladies. That would be another cool bracket. Yeah, but I mean, she's just she's just cool, man. I mean, she does she does the dang thing. She does the dang thing. Yeah, Chase. Do you think she still, does the dang thing? I think she does. I think the, I think the <laughs> what she's got going is Uma Thurman. Right. I'm gonna keep that out there. Yeah. Right on the on the top. But the Scarecrow's uh, methods of having a psychoactive drug that literally induces your worst nightmare is so feel. fucking heavy metal. Yeah, for sure. That for me it edges Poison Ivy out. It's definitely a cooler villain concept. Right. And I think that you it's have... a cool name. Yeah, Scarecrow is also is a cool true. name. Poison Ivy is not a bad name. Uh, but, you know, you're also coming straight from movies, and there's a lot of really cool Scarecrow stuff out there okay. that I think if you saw it, you'd be like, damn. Scarecrow's fucking tight. I would like to see some other interpretations. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it could get pretty fucking brutal. For sure. No disrespect to Poison Ivy at all. I think she's awesome. I think she could have gone pretty far if it wasn't for such tough talent. Maybe we'll see her again in an all-female supervillain cast and yeah, see maybe, where she goes. Yeah. But I'm going to have to edge it out to Scarecrow. That's just too cool. Okay. Idea. Cool. Right. Sounds good. All righty. Back on over to the Spidey side. Okay. We got the Kingpin mm-hmm. versus Dr. Octopus. Two I mean, guys. I have to go Dr. Octopus. I mean, Kingpin's pretty important. I mean, he's a big... He's like the Lex Luthor to Spider-Man, you know? I never really Pulling liked Lex Luthor. <laughs> well, then we know where Hunter's head's at. Chase, let's have a discussion then. Kingpin, Kingpin like I said, uh, kind of being the symbol and the figurehead for organized crime in New York City, I think is really important uh, in fleshing out, like, Peter's mission statement as a protector in uh, in the city, right? right? Like he is the guy pulling the levers to make just general criminality happen and crime. I think that's cool. He's almost like the opposite end of the spectrum from uh, Green Goblin, who is like this megacorp guy, yeah. you know, super man in the high tower kind of evil. Whereas Kingpin is the seedy underbelly dude. Doctor Octopus, I only know him from the movie. And, you know, I think it's cool because he is, he's almost like traversal based, like in the way that he moves around with his arms and stuff yeah. like that. And that's, that's dope. But I don't know, just, just for me as when, thinking about, uh, Peter Parker and like what he tries to accomplish, which is just keeping the city safe. Kingpin's more of like a force, you know? Right. Looks like I got a tiebreaker here. I think I know where you're going with. Look, Kingpin is great. He's an awesome villain. But I think that nowadays, and even back in the day, he was a little bit more closely associated with Daredevil, I think, than Spider-Man. Hmm. He came out first with Spider-Man, but because Spider-Man was patrolling all of New York, yeah, and Daredevil, Daredevil was only doing Hell's Kitchen, that little spot, <laughs> fucking he was like, can you please just take care of this one dude <laughs> while I do the rest of this here? 
And I think that, you know, Dr. Octopus, like, just his whole design makes for some really cool fights, you know, like going up the walls of buildings and fighting each other is yeah. fucking sweet, yeah. right? Because yeah. he's got, the, he's got the, the mobility aspect just like Peter does, right. where, you know, web-slinging, but then this crawling eight-armed mm-hmm. freak. So. Absolutely. So I got I to gotta give it to one of my faves, Dr. Octopus Good, here. Man. <laughs> yeah, that he went the opposite yeah. direction than I thought it would. <laughs> I didn't think Daredevil would make its way into the into the considerations. Oh yeah, and he, you know Kingpin's cool in that show. So, all right, guys, here it goes. We got Venom, awesome. Mm-hmm. Green Goblin, also awesome. Both. This is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I think this both is a good matchup. Are linked to Peter Parker in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Eddie Brock. He's a journalist. Hates Spider Man. Yeah. And then you've got. And then he gets like the powers of a symbiote who only has the powers of Spider-Man because he touched Spider-Man first. That's why the symbiote, mm. the symbiote just takes on whatever really? it has, right? It I came to Earth, it was together. just a goo bob. And mm. then it touched Spider-Man and got on the Spider-Man, took its powers, and then fell on to Eddie Brock. And now he mm. is a Spider-Man guy. I didn't even realize that. Right? Like fueled by hate. Fueled by hate. Damn, I didn't even realize that. That's, That's rough. Crazy. That's pretty dense. But Green Goblin is your best friend's dad. Yeah. Dude, and he is. And his design is dope. Is sweet. I he like flies Green around. Goblin's mask. Yeah, he's On got that freaking thing. jet thing. Yeah. yeah, and he's throwing like bomb, pumpkin bombs he's and like, shit. Yeah, he's like horror themed. I feel like that's a little bit more Hobgoblin, but still it's there for sure. And like Green Goblin, again, is like one of those ones where like if it's far enough in the future, I can actually imagine that that villain existing. Mm-hmm. You know, which for me lends itself to a little bit of like cool. Like, I'm like, nice. Rough, behind yeah. that. Um, this was tough, man, because I think when I think of Spider-Man villains, like these are probably the top two, for sure. What's it gonna be, Hunter? I know Chase's answer. I want to know your answer. Well, why can't we hear Chase's answer first? All right, Chase, verbalize your answer for sure. My answer is Venom. Venom. For the nostalgia, I still think he's super dope looking. I like that he had like. That, that mirror image of being defined by Spider-Man where Spider-Man had like the cartridges that he used to web sling, but right. Venom didn't. So Venom yep. ran out of juice and that was a part of him being defeated. There was a lot of like really cool foils going on yeah. in Venom. Even over Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe <laughs> is a force to be reckoned with. Willem but Dafoe I just didn't have any action so you like, figures of So Willem you like Dafoe. Tom Hardy more than you like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's what it sounds <laughs> that's like. That's basically what you're saying. Right? <laughs> Um, I'm 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 torn because when I think of the main villain for Spider-Man, I think of Green Goblin. Really? More so than I think of villain or of, of Venom. Uh, Venom. And I don't want to I don't want to like draw it out more than I have to. I think Venom's fucking cool. Right. But I mean, just the fact that they're like kind of similar is enough for me. Like I like the difference. Like Green Goblin is as powerful. You like the contrast. Truly a different powerful, right? Right. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the backstory. I'm gonna go with the cool design you were talking about. I'm gonna go with the realistic nature that I could see this actually happening. No. With a cool powered up suit and a cool flying fucking thing. I'm gonna go Green Goblin. Uh, Green Goblin. So it's down to a tiebreaker here. It's down to a tiebreaker for Max. This is a tough choice. I love both these characters a lot. Both mm-hmm. are very cool. But I gotta lean gently <laughs> towards Venom. <laughs> Venom Ooh. is just a cool <laughs> design. I like the idea that he is a mock version of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I think that that's interesting. Yeah. 
more interesting than the contrast that brings up between Green Goblin and Spider-Man. But Green Goblin is awesome. Flies around on a fucking future spaceboard throwing pumpkin bombs. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great, right? So Venom edges it out. We got a top four here, guys. We're almost done. I'm liking this top four. This is a strong top four here, okay? Because yep. the first one, we've got all the laughs in the world, a Joker. Then we've got all the spooks in the world, a Scarecrow. Anything really to say? I mean, is there any <laughs> argument you guys want to try to make here? There's just, I think we have to recognize that Joker has been a source of inspiration far beyond even our generation's infatuation with them. The right. fact that he does have so many one-offs in the comics and is consistently returned to because of his nebulous background and because of like basically the set of constraints that define the Joker's qualities just produce more stories. And that's kind of the long and the short of it. And because of that, I think would get my vote as being like a, a better Batman villain, right? Right. There's a lot of beauty that comes from the contrast between the two characters. Obviously, one's like bright and colorful, but that's the villain. Mm -hmm. And that's like an awesome dynamic to have. I think that the Joker has inspired characters, even outside of the superhero universe, has inspired characters in modern movies and films yeah. and stuff. As a, and I think his ambiguous backstory like allows him to kind of like live forever mm -hmm. as some sort of ambiguous thing that everybody has their own interpretation of, right? Yeah. So, gotta go jokes. I think there's a an, a lot of depth between in the relationship between Batman and Joker. I like the contrast between how serious and just dark Batman is and how, like, silly and goofy and fucking crazy the Joker is. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is, like, one of my favorite acting performances, period. Um, yeah. And... I just, I just love the idea that, like, the Joker's whole thing is that, like, we need each other. And, right. like, I don't want this to end. Like, I want to keep fucking with you, and I want you to keep coming after me. You know? Right. And, yeah. like, uh, that's just something that I don't feel like is necessarily present in a whole lot of uh, villain hero uh, back and forth. You know? It's, it's, so I, I, I cherish that dynamic, and so Joker's probably my favorite. For, yeah, for this unfortunate. Scarecrow is awesome. Scarecrow does a lot of really cool stuff. I'm going to have to look up Scarecrow because I want to see these other iterations. He's got some really cool iterations for sure. Mm -hmm. But for now, I think we're all going to have to go, all jokes aside, <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> all right. This might be a little bit of a tougher matchup here. Okay. We've got apparently two of, two of our favorite villains. All right. You got Venom. Hmm. Right, a staple of the Spider-Man community, and Doctor Octopus, another staple of the Spider-Man community. Hunter, how are you feeling over here? Um, I, I think Venom's cooler, for right. sure. Is this a cool bracket? Are these the coolest? People? I mean, we're just saying like best villains, right? Like right. that's that's the kind of the title we're going with. I mean, I think Venom is definitely cooler and like more brutal and like. It's a fucking alien, basically, so that's cool. Um, I think Dr. Octopus is... I, I think the arms are pretty fucking cool, but it kind of ends there, I guess. Right. You know? Like, it's like the arms are cool, and maybe they, like, have, like, a presence in mind of their own, and he has to fend it off. But, I mean, if we're going with depth and, like, what if, if I was going to see an arc of 
Spider-Man movies, I would hope that it would probably rather end with a Venom ending as opposed to a Dr. Octopus ending. So I'm going to say Venom. Yeah, Dr. Octopus is one of my favorite villains, but Venom, I think, is a cooler villain and I think is one of also my favorite villains as well. He's awesome. Really cool. Yeah, even just the silhouette of his face and, like, the teeth that he's got and all that, like, you can, you can, it's, it's almost easier to identify Venom through uh, some more, like, abstracted imagery than it even would be with Dr. Octopus, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Again, somebody who kind of mimics the powers of the protagonist, but in a, a little bit more of like a darker way that sometimes you would fantasize about how superheroes take care of business. Yeah. Like if you had those superpowers, <laughs> maybe you'd be a little bit more brutal yeah. than some of these more <laughs> yeah. morale-driven people. <laughs> all right, guys. That means we got the grand finals here. No reset or anything, all right? These are okay. two very important characters. Mm-hmm. The Joker versus Venom. Again, the ideas of contrast between Joker and Batman. And then you've got a building on a similar idea. You've got the Venoms. you got a different take on the superhero that you mm-hmm. have with Venom and Spider-Man's dynamic. And does, does Venom ever do any superhero kind of shit? Yeah, he's, he becomes an anti-hero, for sure, okay. from time to time. He'll fight with him. There's definitely video games where the second player, when they plug in, is Venom. Okay. Hmm. I just wonder... It, like, how does Venom, if at all, make Peter Parker more, more Spider-Man than he was before? Like, because when I think of Joker, I think that, like, he pushes Batman to his absolute limits. And, like, Batman is sort of this dark figure with dark a presence. But Joker just makes shit that much worse and that much darker. And, like, the stuff that he does do in The Killing Joke is just straight up sadistic yeah. and gross. And to me, like that sort of aspect of Batman as a comic is is sort of what defines Batman. Um, and with like Venom who can kind of become an anti-hero or you can kind of you can understand maybe some motivations at time uh, and, and like almost empathize with them. I like that Joker is just in a sense an arbitrary psychopath like Mm -hmm. he is the embodiment of actual evil of doing evil deeds for no other reason than taking than taking enjoyment in them right and i think it's actually hard to make that into a compelling character because it can be like how do you ground that you know but here it's been done like hunter said um there's a there's a portrayal uh, from Heath Ledger that is just absolutely legendary that everyone's gonna have to talk about when you talk about Joker. Um, and I, yeah, I just think he makes Batman more bat more of Batman. Like he he's almost a defining. He's he is Batman's opposite, and because of that, we understand who Batman is even more. You know, yeah, right? That's a good point. The lack of motivations of the Joker, but then in some weird way, like you were talking about, he's kind of motivated by a connection with Batman himself that you kind of feel that shines mm-hmm. through from all these different parts. Do you have any uh, arguments for Venom? I think that there's definitely way, like, I think that a villain that is not the opposite and is not this embodiment of what you're against and instead is like this representation shade. of yeah. what you could be, what you yeah. could become, especially with the struggles that he went through while carrying the symbiote, mm-hmm. right? That was like he became this thing that was controlling him that made him like use this power. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that again, like Uncle Ben told them, with great power comes great responsibility, irresponsibly. Yeah. And then even in the idea of like being a hero, but still like killing people, does that make you still a hero? And that really does make you question yourself as a superhero. And also, I think it was one of the first times that that was really like introduced into the superhero world, mm -hmm. right? Which I think is important to note. But of course, it's just too hard to go against pretty much everything that was just defined. I mean, the Joker is one of the greatest villains ever, even yeah. outside of superheroes. Yeah. I think, you know, in, in Venom, I think if Venom had a little bit more of a compelling backstory for why he truly fucking hated Peter Parker, and even if right. he just hated Spider-Man, like, he was just kind of, like, disgraced in his job, right? He was just yeah. kind of like, oh, man, fuck. I'm now he has superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> think you look, think you did pretty well. think yeah. you're all right. <laughs> yeah, net positive, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Came um, out on top. So, so I think that the opportunity could be there, and, and honestly, if I knew a little bit more about like the anti-hero kind of stuff, maybe I'd like uh, Venom a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, just this the straight ideological warfare. It's 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 the fact that I love the fact that the Joker wants Batman to kill him, and he yeah. knows that Batman won't kill him. And he's right. like, All right, then we're just gonna go around. And that's and around, what we're gonna do you know? forever. Yeah. yeah, and that's I fucking love that, and. Um, it just makes for like, it makes for a simple but like, uh, you know, just justified reasoning for having the interaction between the two perpetuate, you know, right. as opposed to having like a bunch of fucking random reasons why whoever the villain was came back and like, oh, got more powerful, but then he still lost. Like the Joker is truly just like ideological warfare. Like he just likes to fuck with Batman. Like, that's his whole purpose. And I, I love that. I think that's awesome. So, Well, I think we all love that. Yeah. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the Joker wins this tournament. Okay. I was kind of expecting possibly a SpongeBob moment. Yeah. Where something crept up on the other side where maybe I didn't consider until the very end. I would have. Yeah. I think, I think Green Goblin for me would have given Joker a little better run for, for his money, but. Definitely in the same vein. A little yeah. bit more on, like, the sadistic and, mm. like, demented side. Yeah. Contrasting the superhero. That Willem Dafoe laugh. Willem Dafoe laugh. <laughs> Willem Dafoe would have been a great Joker as well. So, yeah. All right. Crazy. So it's decided. Joker over Venom. That's the movie we're gonna go see. Yes. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Well, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We have been slurping some beers here for a while. We're mm -hmm. gonna come tell you a little bit about them. All right. Beep up. Beep up. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. Well, somebody disrupted the rhythm of beeps there. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. Hunter, how are you feeling about our beer? <laughs> about our beer so far. <laughs> about, about our, our tooth face. About our tooth face. Um, I like it, man. It's I think it's beer. like... Uh, uh, it's caramelly. It's silky smooth. Um... It's seven percent alcohol by volume, so I think that's like I think that's like a really solid percentage for any um, stout to have. Yeah, you know sometimes when it gets into those heavier like 
9, 10, 11% ranges, it really just gets kind of like super rich and almost like hard to take out. It has sometimes it even has like a quality of tasting like it's like closer to whiskey or something if right. it's in that range because of the sweetness. Uh, I think this is just like a nice, easy drinking milk stout, you know, like yeah. this, this kind of reminds me of the left hand milk stout, which is like what made me fucking fall in love with, with stouts. So I really like it. I think it's well done. Yeah, it's good. I think that there's definitely those sort of like notes of like nutmeg or like clove or something that I feel like just tastes festive. And I tend to associate with like a festive time of year, right? Yeah. Cause stouts go with cold weather and stouts have that sort of, again, like cinnamony flavor, nutmeg flavor, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but it's also nothing too overbearing. It's like easy to drink. It's easy to kick back, right? It's nothing doesn't feel heavy to yeah. me. I right. like the can design. Can design is cool. It's a tall one. So inside cool. joke. Yeah, it's a it's a big boy. Yeah. You got a you got the inside jokes with yeah. the Yeah. Now I can read it to somebody else, and then when they don't get it, I'm gonna be like, like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, seriously? Wow. It's a okay. great shout out because that is one of the greatest movies. Yeah. Absolutely. What about but, you, Chase? Yeah, Chase, how's your, your drink tasting over there? It's so harsh. Uh, <laughs> oh no. It's maybe the it's new game plus plus. H A Arsh. It's this thing where I can appreciate it and like I can drink this without like being totally turned off from it or gagging or anything like that. But first of all, it's just super smoky taste of like literally taste of leather and like raisin and just dark, dark fruit um, flavors like it's. It's just it almost like meat, dude. It almost straight up tastes <laughs> like, like bacon. A glass of meat like, sounds pretty cool, though. It's it's wild, and I just can't envision a time where I would like really want to have this. And what I think about is, you know, I think about people. I think about like old fat dudes who like love to smoke cigars all day and drink tons of scotch and like kind of live like a life of just consuming in a way like a bunch of different vices and their taste buds are basically fucking wrecked so that that's why they can kind of just do these binges all day and this is kind of what I like this to me that's the kind of person who's going to be drinking this that grosses me out you don't want to be that person yeah for sure no no one wants to be that person yeah it's a good visual yeah yeah like what I can say is that it's extremely well executed you know it's it's drinkable and the notes come through, I just would have a really hard time suggesting this whiskey to somebody. I really think that if you try to say that this is your favorite whiskey, you're either peacocking a little bit or like you're just uh, super like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. So <laughs> I guess if you just take all of those feelings and combine them is that's sort of my outlook on it, you know? Okay. Understandable. Absolutely. Well, guys, that first segment went a little longer than we inspected. Yeah. So apparently we're Again. a little bit more passionate about villainy than we thought. Yeah, man. So we're going to skip the second segment today, and we're going to go straight to the, to the meat of the episode here, which is going to be the mail corner. Let's do it. All right. I just opened up the mailbag, and on the top Uh-oh. is our new friend, Tony Wozni. Ooh, Tony. His question is, what was your favorite or just a standout cinema-going experience? 
Doesn't have to be your favorite movie of all time, but what was a movie that you saw in theater that you felt was extremely impactful in that setting? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, gosh, man. There's nothing really... Like, I'm trying to disassociate the like theater-going experience with the film because there are some films that I do hold to a high regard, but I don't really like go back and say they're some of my favorite movies of all time. Hmm. But, like, I think going and seeing movies like interstellar and seeing inception in theaters were two movies that just literally caught me off guard and the entire theater like presence helped me enjoy them way more than I probably would have from at home. And I generally watch movies at home. Yeah. Generally I do. Yep. And those are two movies that I feel like the experience would definitely have been taken away if I had watched it in my own house. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I mean, those two movies like, made me be like, all right, Christopher Nolan's the fucking best. So, right. I mean, even, yeah, Dunkirk <laughs> was awesome, too. Um, that was a great yeah. movie, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Interstellar was one that I was just like, oh, my God. You know, at the end of it, I just, it was just like, there's so, it was so fucking epic. There's so many things that happened in that movie that just, like, are little moments that you're like, oh, my God. Dude, this is crazy. yeah, the highs and lows were huge. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I also don't really, I'm not a huge movie buff in, in the regards that I don't really go to the movie theaters that often. Um, but Interstellar was the last one, and Inception before that, but Interstellar was the last one that I remember just like leaving and be like, God damn. That was, that was an experience. <laughs> yeah. $15 yeah. and $30 yeah. for popcorn well spent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's true. I think generally horror movies are actually really good in theaters because there's something about like being kind of encompassed by that experience. I thought, like I thought it was fantastic in the theater. Hmm. Um, and then I also I I'm trying to think like I mean, I, the answer to the question, honestly, is 300 for me. Oh, that was a fun experience. I was there for that one. Yeah, because with 300, the previews were coming out, and I was like, it was just this perfect thing where of, of being in high school where I still like to go to the movies with my friends. It's something to do on the weekends. It looked super rowdy. All of my friends were really excited for it. And then we like got some guy to basically sneak us into the theater for us. So we kind of like, hey, Mr. to Dude, and that was kind of fun. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you know, my dad bought us the tickets. <laughs> yeah. But we he didn't want to go to the movie, so yeah. he was like, "All right, you're on your own from here." <laughs> so then we just like went up there. And we're like, "Hey, guy, can you just say all eight of us are your kids?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Sick." <laughs> and then like I remember like sitting next to you, Hunter, and like just that movie delivered on all of our excitement. Yeah, and yeah. it was just so fucking epic. And that's one of my favorite movie going experiences like ever, you know, that is a, yeah, that's a pretty good reference. I'd have to piggyback off of that one. Cause I was also there. That one was great. Yeah. I think we all thought it was going to be good going in, but we didn't realize that we were going to be like, this is sick. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like, I, I'll give a shout out too. I remember, so I didn't even really read Harry Potter before the Harry Potter movies came out. Yeah. But the, the first Harry Potter film, I like got to skip school and like, Ooh. I went with like a group of friends there you go. And that was pretty sick. I also got to see Remember the Titans for a birthday party, which was In pretty theaters? Fucking, yeah. What? Yeah. That's actually pretty wild because I've probably seen that movie 15 times and each time was just in my like communications class that year. Yeah. After walking away like 10 years old, I was like watching Remember the Titans. I was like, one, 
I will be a perfect saint to everybody that I meet, and right. two, this is the greatest sports movie I've ever seen. So, yes, oh, sports Denzel movie Washington bracket would be awesome. awesome. Absolutely, <laughs> Rudy, sports number movie. one. Oh man, well, dude, I have the one of my worst movie going experiences was going to go see Deadpool two recently. Really? Because I went to go watch it. First off, movie hilarious. Uh-huh. I had been yeah, hearing really funny. so much about like, dude, don't leave the credits, the after credits scene. You're gonna yeah. piss your pants. Uh-huh. It's so funny. Yeah. So we watched the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Credits are going through. A couple of the quips come in, right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting antsy. I'm ready to see this hilarity. I've tried so hard to not even like relatively hear about anything that goes on. Theater shuts off and the screen <sighs> shuts off. And I'm like thinking it's a part of the movie because it's like it's literally like a classic like and like the <laughs> film goes off, right? And I'm like. And then the guy just comes in and is like, yeah, the movie's broken. Sort it's going to take us like dude. however long to boot it back up. You can stay for like 45 minutes and we'll finish the movie after that. <laughs> and I was just like, no. We, and they were just like, well, then I guess we'll give you your money back. So I ended up getting like a free movie, but then I like didn't get to see the ending. And then that I had to go sucks. and you know watch it on like some bootleg YouTube video that had been uploaded 30 seconds before it could get torn down. So. Really, don't feel like I got that experience yeah. that everybody else got. Because I know it's not what uh, Tony asked, but my worst movie going experience was Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Because was you Bruno? got the dick uh, helicopter that's scene. That's so funny, though. That's hysterical. I mean, again, that's like another one where it's like it was just so many awkward moments that I just like kind of couldn't sit mm. through it. I was just like on that like squirming a little bit. I saw that movie with Riley Cannon and a girl named Ashley Gear, which was like just the two yeah. funniest people to go see a movie yeah. like that with cuz one was like this really goofy dude and yeah. one was like this really sweet girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just seeing their reactions to all these things happening was like the epitome of both. Yeah. Honestly, Anchorman 2 was a pretty great movie-going experience as Dude, well. Dude, it totally <laughs> took me off guard and had me dying well, from like the moment the it get started. Go of that. And it killed me that after I left that movie, everybody was like, wow, fucking trash compared to Anchorman 1. And I'm like, Dude, what movie did you see? <laughs> that was hysterical. I was crying like the entirety of the film. I like reached a moment watching that movie, which I also saw in the theaters, where like I, I didn't know why I was laughing, but like the Dobie... Like the yeah. whole like middle arc about right. the shark, like the pet shark. So, just for some reason, it just really tapped into like a really deep level of hunter humor. <laughs> and like, I had no idea why, but I was just like in hysterics, like throughout that entire part. So, yeah, yeah. it was that was a, another good mention as well. Well, that was a great question. Yeah, yeah. great memories. Keep it coming. Thank you. Thank Tony. you, Tony. I think that one was pretty chewy. So we'll, we got a few more left in the bag that we can get to next week. It was a chewy episode for sure. Lots of only a few pieces. But chewy pieces, mm-hmm. so we'll leave it at that. Any final words to say about these beverages, gentlemen? Um, this deserves a solid high five. Oh yeah, absolutely, like a hard one. Yeah, against like the you grain. Swung and thank God you. It's hit like each when hands. you finally like remember what you've been taught that you just look at their elbow while you give them a high five, mm-hmm. and you never miss, and it's always a hundred percent. Yeah. Boom. It's just like. Yeah, just yeah, like well sure. done. I, I mean, it doesn't like fucking blow me away. It's not my favorite beer, but it's. A very well executed milk stout, which is right up my alley. So, boom. Gotta agree with you. I'll be on the other end of that high five. So, yay. All right. Chase. Yeah. Uh, this whiskey is like, it, or this scotch rather. Uh, I'm happy that I've tried it because Ardbeg is sort of a name that when you say it, people are like, oh, yeah, the fucking smoke monster, you know, like. <laughs> Smaugs. It's good to have the reference <laughs> and to 
have tried it and to be able to find some value in it, but I'm just never going to really come back to it. Um, it's just not for me. It could be for someone else. I would love to hear maybe why this is somebody else's go-to drink or maybe even if it is a special occasion drink, what that occasion is for them or whatever. But yeah, it's just, it's just so harsh. Maybe you know? it's like training with, uh, in the hyperbolic time chamber or something you oh, know, yeah. where it's like, it's like a weighted vest for sure. Yeah. Where when you come to other whiskeys, you're like, this is, this is nothing. nothing. So give me whiskey, not this dirty water. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I would love to get some suggestions for you know whiskeys and stuff for you to try, yeah. Chase, or beers for us to try, or, or pretty much anything. We'll drink just about or anything brackets. on the show. Yeah. Or brackets for sure. Brackets are fun. We'll try to condense them down so we can finally play this elusive game that I've had prepared for yeah. weeks now. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be so polished. It's gonna yeah, be it's, so good. I did not take <laughs> any changes to it since the last time, which I scrambled to finish. So I wanted that to really be felt. Yeah, yeah, still. yeah. Oh, that's good. Cursory. Um, so if you enjoyed the show, please, please follow the show at Witty Banter Show on Twitter. You can follow me at uh, probably Max. You can follow Chase at Bodacious Chase. You can follow Hunter Nowhere on Twitter because he won't let us know what it is. Uh, or you can go to his YouTube channel. Which is crypto diesel, mm-hmm. and like I said, man, he's just cooking this cooking this last video. This video is going to be amazing. So it's going to revolutionize for yeah. like three days. Yeah, it's going to revolutionize the way that you look at cryptocurrency. Yeah, so it's been anti-aliasing or whatever. Yeah, the fuck it's, it is. it's huge, right? Rendering. Yeah, just had to get you know yeah, a couple stamps from the government <laughs> to have them technically approve it for him to post it. So, but if you don't like uh, that side of the internet, if you don't want to get lost in YouTube videos or down a Twitter feed, you can just go straight to the source. Go to wittybantershow.com. We got all of our episodes. We got pictures. We got email segments where you can send in emails. We got suggestion boxes in there. We got Mm -hmm. everything you could ever need in one site. And I'm gonna and I'm just gonna say this, all you listeners out there, this next episode, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. This next episode marks five fucking years on the podcast. Oh. So if you got anything special to send in, any questions, any games, any trivia. Related to Witty Banner, anything, send it in and we'll bring it up on the show. We'll make it a special show. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love for that to happen. All right, gentlemen, without further ado, let's go ahead and beat up boop out of here. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>